Bonjour, film lovers. Did you know that you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio? We also have a website, realnerdspodcast.com, where you can find cool articles and other ways to listen to the podcast. You can also follow us on social, Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Real Nerds. You can also call us at 720-6-NERDS-5. We will listen to it, we will play it, and we will probably commentate on it. Also, email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Doesn't talk film! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd This is Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of all your movie desires. I am Ryan, with me is Brad. Yep. And Zach. Fine, don't be excited about me, see if I care. Just go ahead and cry in the corner. It's, uh, I'm reading this script and it says, emphasize Brad, indifferent Uh, to Zach. Was it written, who was it written by? (laughs) <laughs> i uh i'm 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 known for my adhid adherence to uh scripts that's like my trademark as an actor that's yeah. true just you like did exactly what for... you're asked to do exactly yeah. i don't argue i don't add little ps's you know i really am just I, i'm just clay for the director to mold into any really sculpture he wants i mean it's his show not ryan this isn't about me. It's about being the best team player I can be. <laughs> you 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 have kept the you you've kept the mask on long enough. Time to take it off, buddy. Reveal your true colors. Okay. For really, I'm probably the greatest improvised actor of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I spit hot lava um, when I see words that are written by brad or zach i'm like this bullshit i can do this better than these guys and i just do it you know yeah. some people some people's gift is uh writing shitty scripts mine is elevating them and that's what i do exactly do you mind talking to aaron Kruger once in a while you know <laughs> help some transformer scripts uh screen three something like that just give me help me ryan help <laughs> i don't know why i went on this weird tangent i i feel lately uh I open podcasts with a bunch of nonsense and it doesn't have anything to do with what we do. It's just me being weird. It's the world we live in now, all bets are off. You can't it is. depend on anything. <laughs> uh, but you know, the one thing that's been consistent for 11 years, Brad, is we have seen a new movie and podcasted our experience to the world. That's true. This week it's been nope. 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 And uh, we will recommend the film or not and then we'll play the trailer and spoil the movie and this is movie is definitely one that has spoilers so make sure you see the movie before you listen to our podcast we also have movie news and we'll check in on the big hollywood comeback with box office numbers which i think um i might retire this that segment soon because it seems like hollywood is uh back because they're releasing 
good movies back to back. So mm. it's weird. People go to the movies if you put good films out. Who knew? <laughs> cracked that code. You guys, yeah, we cracked exactly. the code. You're saying that good things get rewarded and then bad things not so much? Yeah, weird, right? Like, but, but then how does that explain the Transformers move? Ryan, help. I know. it's uh, Well, I, I watched the first one again recently. I, I got a Best Buy gift card from my mother-in-law. And sometimes I'll use them on stuff I normally would never spend my own money on. Um, and so I decided to get the 4K of all the Transformer movies. Sans uh, Bumblebee, because I actually like Bumblebee. So I have that one. I have that one. Mm-hmm. And um, and whatever I, comes out next, so you don't have that. <laughs> oh fuck, that's right, Beast Wars or whatever it is. Yep. <laughs> um, but the the first one, I go, huh? This is serviceable. It's still kind of stupid, and I forgot there's a part where the transformer urinates oil or gasoline on some guy. And um, but you know, it's okay. It's there. And I remember when Shia LaBeouf was a thing. You know what I mean? Re- remember when he was going to be Indiana Jones and Indy's like, I don't think so, dude. It's like foreshadowing his career. Yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> getting into it. <laughs> uh, Brad, you're gearing up for the 48-hour film project. Um, that's when you get your assignment? Uh, Friday at 7. Hold so... on to your butts. Uh, if you're listening to this, that was days ago because I definitely did not post this right away. <laughs> yep. Yep. What, what hey, do you think happened with this? Him? And you're going, hey, where's my interview we did for, at Temper Fan Expo? Uh, that's coming too. Uh, Brad's been busy with um, being at film festivals and now the 40 Hour Film Festival mm-hmm. or project or whatever the hell yeah. it's called. It's edited. I just need to get some photos and post them on the website. So, oh, fudge. <laughs> That's good. I mean, I'm just getting Instagram messages from people like, hey, didn't I record on your show? I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. It's coming. I'm really good at making excuses, though, and everyone seems to believe me. So, that's good. Until they listen to this and the fourth wall is completely shattered. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Ryan, there's a microphone. It's recording it. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did you know you were on a podcast? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I thought I was dreaming, like New Heart style. <laughs> but hey any any uh fans of 70s and 80s sitcoms out there anybody hello yeah well who what? didn't love who doesn't love the bob newhart show <laughs> anywho so brad do you recommend nope i don't know um it's not, it's not a secret that i haven't been fully invested in the jordan peele universe uh i think he makes good movies i just don't connect with them uh and nope isn't much of an exception to that um i did get to see it twice and um the second time around it it connected with me that uh this is space jaws and Mm -hmm. uh yeah the the film felt very uh much an homage to spielberg like i felt that this could be a spielberg movie um it, it very much feels like one so it's good. I, you know, it's not one of my favorite things of the year, but it's, it's an interesting movie worth a watch. I mean, I, I'd say Zach, how do you feel about it? But 
you're a big Jordan Peele fan, so I'm guessing you liked it. I did, um, but I didn't like it for the reasons I thought I would like it, because like my anticipation was set for one expectation, and everything was completely subverted, and I guess the only way to talk about it is to get into spoiler territory. I uh, Yeah, I, I like the movie. Um, I think I read it differently than a lot of people, and when we get to spoilers, we'll talk about it either I'm way off base or I'm a genius of epic proportion and I haven't figured it out yet. Um, <laughs> here, here's a trailer for Nope. What if I told you that today you'll leave here different? Pops. Pops! I'm talking to you. You see, something above the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. You think whatever killed pops is out there? Right here, you are gonna witness an absolute spectacle. So what happens next? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Here we go. Run, okay. Run. No, 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 no. This would be an opportunity. I'm talking rich and famous for life. There's plenty of videos for flying shit online. Ain't nobody gonna get what we gonna get. What we gonna get? The money shot. What's up? Undeniable proof of aliens on camera. The Oprah shot. You guys gonna tell me what's going on? Hell no. no. So I'm now here, and you're the only person in the world that can get it on film. That cloud, they moved an inch. It's aliens. They're just waiting for the perfect time to shove metal probes up our asses. I'll be rooting for you. I think we pissed them off. Yeah, they repainted your house. Gonna come back. You ready? We got some work to do. Not it. Nope. I'll get him out. And I'll get the shot. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I need you to tell me. What did you see in that cloud? Well, it's not what you think. No! They took him. They took him all. I'm trying to save you. My brother is out there. I don't think they take you. If you don't look at it. But don't look, don't look. This dream you're chasing. Where you end up at the top of the mountain. It's the one you never wake up from. You'll be getting a call from my supervisor asking how my service was. Five stars, Angel. Five stars. Nope uh, is a film about uh, animal handlers, uh, specifically horses in Hollywood that happen to be uh, African-American. And the story is that their great, great, great grandfather 
man, I set you guys up. Didn't even do it. Um, <laughs> there's another great in there and, uh, started training horses and they done it throughout the, their family. It's, it's a generational thing. Um, and one day, uh, OJ and his father, um, Otis senior are on the farm and things just start dropping from the sky and one hits Otis senior and kills him. And you a find nickel. it's a, a nickel that has fallen from the sky and it's, uh, sets off his sister coming back. And, um, you know, OJ isn't a really outgoing person and he's, you know, on this commercial shoot and he's trying to explain the dangers uh, safely handling the horse and his sister shows up late and she's that, you know, over enthusiastic and promoting herself kind of person. And the horse ends up kicking a bucket and he gets fired. Mm-hmm. And you learn that he's been forced to sell um, a lot of the horses to keep his family farm going. And while that's happening, there is a, uh, like a roadside attraction theme park um that is ran by a former child star and um yeah and ufo shows up or is it a ufo um lots of weird things going on um there's also a parallel story about um i can't remember the character's name is it's jupe because it's uh jupiter's claim or is that his character's name in the tv show is this tv show character's name i forget his full name yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, Steven Yoon. I mean, he's great. <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, he runs this place and he keeps on asking for the horses. And um, you learn that, uh, yeah, all isn't what it seems. Mm-hmm. And the story unravels from there. Um, yeah, right away, it's uh, Ricky Park. Thank you. Dang it. Hmm. Um, and. You know, it's, uh, I mean, the movie is really well made. I, I think, uh, Jordan Peele is a really talented filmmaker. And, um, I, I will say for the first, like, three quarters of this movie, I am totally into this movie. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, towards the end, I think it could have been trimmed a little bit. Um, but, you know, it, it, it it goes for broke and you soon learn that it's not a ufo it's an actual like extraterrestrial predator mm-hmm. that uh you literally just said the dude's name <laughs> ricky park um <laughs> is feeding him horses and what he doesn't learn is that this predator it it he thinks he has it on a schedule but it, he soon learns that he doesn't control it at all and um, to me, w- watching it, I mean, I could be wrong. I think it's um, telling you about how we uh, treat animals and mm-hmm. um, what we're going for with like the big shot, because that's um, M and OJ's big thing is they want the Oprah shot. And yeah. that's all they're trying to do is get this great shot to make lots of money. And, I I know some people just reading reviews and stuff online weren't down with the Gordy subplot, but I also thought that was a parallel thing to what he was doing later on 
right. where you, you try to contain these animals and you can't. And I honestly think the Gordy thing was the most disturbing thing in this film. Right. Um, and afterwards I went and read an interview with uh, Jordan Peele about spoilers. And I guess he had that as a dream a long time ago and he was trying to incorporate it into uh, a film he made. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, no, you've, you've got wonderful things uh, working up there. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'll be honest when I walked out of the film, cause I've only got to see it once, sadly. Sorry. I've only got to see it once, sadly. Um, I'll, I plan on going back. Um, one thing I took away from it was, you know, we were expecting some kind of grand societal commentary. And I think one of the things that I like most about this film is that it has that, but that, but that's like one of its two main goals. The other one is a, a, a thrilling and at times scary blockbuster film. And that's pretty much what you get out of this like their scale and scope um i really really love how there's a you were talking about the element of exploitation ryan when it comes to animals i think there's also an element of the erasing of history that bookends the film with the legacy that their family has with their father being the one of the first motion picture stars and how how she finally gets the shot at the end is through a series of pictures, not unlike the 12 frames that built together the footage of a man on a horse. Um, but I, the animal thing I think is fantastic to look at. Um, it, it, and it, I will tell you that like, I have not seen anything that disturbing in a living alien being of sorts since war of the worlds by Spielberg when they have all of the humans inside of the like little cages that are that the tripods have set up inside their little hatch, mm-hmm. like watching them go through the little tube. Oh my God. It was like, it, it just set me on edge. Um, it, it, I like how he does not, he pulls the, the, the Spielberg by way of Hitchcock motif of jaws with let's not show so much of the monster. Let's, let's just focus on, people's reaction to it and it just looks beautiful as a result um the gordy stuff even if it didn't have this immense uh, meaning behind the exploitation of animals it is a good lesson about the way show business kind of messes with a child's head because jupe does not learn from his childhood about not exploiting anything (laughs) like it's it's pretty remarkable to watch him like not grasp it <laughs> and i don't know too if maybe i'm just overthinking it but uh oj has a a moment where he says you know don't look at it in its eyes mm-hmm. and he's uh you know because it shows fear and i think that's what uh jordan peele was going with with uh gordy with uh the little boy because the way he shot it was the uh the tablecloth came over his eyes yeah and so, so he it, couldn't look directly at it yeah yeah so it kind of set the the chimpanzee at ease mm-hmm. um and i thought it was just playing out that um you know he tried to tame an animal like he they did with when he was a child star and he learned the same thing that you can't mm-hmm. um and you know the the makeup of his 
childhood uh, star uh, friend. You know, when I saw the trailer, I thought it was just one of those weird uh, things they put in horror movies where it's someone who has some deformity that just happens to be in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And then you then you learn it's that girl that the, yeah. the chimpanzee was eating her face. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta say, like, I don't know, I, I don't know how you feel, Brad and Ryan, but I will go on a limb and say that the the marketing campaign for this movie was fucking wonderful because I was left not knowing a goddamn thing, and when stuff like that finally popped up and revealed itself in context, I was like taken aback and pleasantly surprised by it, um, especially the the whole idea of uh, what this documentarian character has going on. Like you think he's going to be a larger part of the film and he ends up only being in the last third, but he's basically Robert Shaw. Um, yeah. And just the way they incorporate uh, the way they incorporate film versus digital is a, is a fun little thing about it. Uh, but the, also the person on the motorcycle was the biggest shock because that trailer shot is ominous as shit. And then you find out it's a TMZ reporter. It's almost like he used puzzle box imagery and the uh, they used puzzle box imagery in the marketing to build up the suspense. And I don't know if this is incredibly intentional, but it seems like Jordan Peele used puzzle box imagery like a JJ Abrams would to just intentionally throw you off the course and turn it into a dumb joke. <laughs> and yeah. It, and in a sense, like I read run review going like if people might think that Jordan Peele is trolling the audience. And I'm like, well, if he is, he's succeeding because <laughs> he's he got me. Um, and uh, and also, I like how this film plays with UFO imagery and whatnot. I love the sh- uh, the scene where uh, OJ is walking around uh, the barn at night because he's hearing things and he he gets small glimpses of what might be aliens. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out to be people from uh, Jupiter's claim to to tell them to stop messing with their territory and stealing their fake horse. (laughs) Um, It's just there's a lot of fun components running around. But like, I, I think that the wonderful part of this is that it's it's a genuinely tense blockbuster that what costs sixty eight million dollars to make. Like, that's encouraging. (laughs) Um, Brad, what do you think? You've been kind of quiet. I think you guys covered most of it. Um, uh, I fell asleep the first time I saw it. Kind of like where they're putting the fake horse together. And then I think I woke up um, during the first attack, I guess, at night. Um, I didn't think I didn't think I missed much. When I watched the second time, I was like, man, I missed a whole section. Like uh, like the whole thing uh, in the trailer with like the alien coming around the corner thing. I was like, oh that's where that was um um, yeah but yeah second time around i just i i was more aware that it was so much like jaws because it's like putting a team together to hunt this uh animal this predator and uh you know i could see the things where it's like don't look in its eyes like you know showing fear and whatnot um but i didn't really put together the whole um like being a like a meditation on spectacle uh, until I read mm-hmm. articles and stuff, so um, mm-hmm. I, like I don't, I don't think I enjoy a movie if I have to figure it out from like reading about it elsewhere. So mm. it's either I'm dumb, which is true, or um, the movie's not effective enough to convey that to me. So um, 
like you know when i left the first time watching i was like i don't i wasn't sure what i was supposed to get out of it it just felt like a you know a bunch of ideas and like nothing felt cohesive or intentional it just felt very like i have ideas and here they are Uh, especially because of the whole uh uh, like uh sitcom thing of cut away to gordy and everything so i was like what what does all this mean? And yeah, now I, I get it better in Spectral. It's like, okay, cool. Um, like I enjoyed it on the level that it felt like a Close Encounters and Jaws Spielberg homage. Um, and I, but but I, still, I know I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, but how I would never be able to make a film is when they were showing the, <laughs> the alien and it had that big circle in the middle. I mm-hmm. said, man, that'd be really cool if it was just a giant cowboy hat. But that's why I don't make movies. Because <laughs> that uh, would be in my movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like it's creative the way they showed like how it ingests people. Uh, like left me guessing of like, what did it really eat them or did they get transported to somewhere? Are they trapped? Like you don't know. Um, and the, like the design of this creature is interesting because you know, it, it's like a f- alien form based on like the saucers that we know. So instead of like thinking of it as a, like a metal disc, you know, that it's actually this fluid shape that can transform into abstract shapes. Um, Yeah. Without really knowing like what its digestive system is. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I can say that the one thing I do appreciate about Jordan Peele, and I mean, I like the movie, but at least he makes movies that are different and you talk about because even um, us, I mean, I didn't expect there to be, you know, all these uh, basic, you know, clones of you that run around and kill you. And, um, and then, I mean, get out is obviously one of the most talked about films of the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like get out. I felt had the strong, like it had like a, so like a very strong social commentary. Um, but like us mm-hmm. and this very much feel like he's just doing Twilight Zone episodes that he didn't get to do on the show that they did. So the, there's a there's another, I guess, optimistic way to look at that is that he's playing around the way Rod Serling as a creative did, who wasn't just Twilight Zone guy. And so and as a screenwriter, Serling certainly dipped his toe into social commentary whether it's seven days in May, which I still haven't seen, but I've been told works in that territory or Planet of the Apes, which I think pretty much all of us have seen here um, that plays t- t- almost explicitly in commentary. I-, I look at that as kind of an optimistic thing because when was the last time we had a like really cool Rod Serling running around with anywhere from a 20 to $68 million budget? I, I totally get how it- the movies don't work for any, for everybody, but at the same time, I love Ryan's outlook on it, which is at the very least, we have interesting films to talk about whether we like them or not, because it doesn't always seem like we get those in a theatrical setting anymore. Yeah, I mean, and he's talented. And I, I loved uh, if you saw the Alamo, I, you know, I was watching the pre-show and mm-hmm. I was saying, why are they showing a trailer for the Scorpion King before this movie? Oh, and- oh, I was baffled and that joke lands so wonderfully. Yeah, there's another really big joke in the pre-show and I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. 
Um, but when I do, I'll tweet it or something. But they, they <laughs> sometimes the Alamo pre shows are pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'll probably see it again. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's a, a film where it might make my top 10 for film explosion. It might not, but it definitely has me thinking about it after I left one, two, <laughs> um, wrapping up when I left, I saw it last night at eight o'clock. So I left Alamo, I don't know, 10, 30, 10, 40 ish. And as I walk outside, this is no joke. There's lightning going across the clouds, not down. And I go, huh, that's weird for that one cloud to have lightning going on in it. (laughs) Then I got in my car and it was a torrential downpour. I go, this is just not right. (laughs) Nope. When I saw, when I I saw Bruce Campbell at the midway drive-in, I think it was last Mm -hmm. year, year before it, the, the rain was like that too. Like you look behind the drive-in and the the lightning bolts are just shooting horizontally across the sky. (laughs) Dude, it's weird. Right. And then yeah. this movie, how it had, you know, the, the monster hide in the clouds and stuff and created like weird weather patterns. And I, I just flash back to that part in the film where OJ like pokes his head out of the van and he shows it and he goes, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> it's, it's, a- it's, it's kind of like Jacques Tati making a movie like Playtime. He's just like, all right, I'm going to have you experience a city. And then you go outside and you just keep experiencing the movie. <laughs> Jordan Peele thought that and was just like, what if I did this but scared the shit out of some cop from my own springs? <laughs> and, and then, you know, every time you think a fan, right? Ooh, he set the line. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Fun yeah. stuff. I think, I think people should see it. Um, I, I don't think I think it's a good way to spend an afternoon or a night at the movies. I agree. Yeah, I told people uh, that it was like you should see it, but I don't know if you have to go to the theater to to see it. Like it would be better, but I think you can kind of digest it at home pretty mm-hmm. well. Um that's a, overall that's oh, the okay. thing is like it doesn't feel like the overall idea was like, is this something that's like a feature film level idea? Um and it's it's yeah, it's mm either way for me you know i'm i'm eager to watch it in imax because they shot it for imax so i i'm eager to find time to go and actually experience that yeah by the way the 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 analog camera did they have anal like crank imax cameras or was that just a sticker he threw on his uh, uh he no he said he, just a, he made it so so, so, so he just put IMAX on the side for fun. Yeah. Maybe that's the part that he found. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming this guy living in what I thought was a jungle in the trailer, and it turns out it's probably just some like posh area of Beverly Hills. I thought it was a movie set. But, yeah, you know. it could be one of those. But like, regardless, like it seems like this guy's a scavenger, just collects shit off the back of a truck. Like, <laughs> I believe that he would just, or either that, or he is vain and just slaps a sticker on it, and it's just one more film nerd joke to stick in. Um, but yeah, go check it out. I would. Wait, I already have. Hmm. Guess I mm-hmm. answered my again. own hey, question. Hey, hey, Ryan, let's go together. Let's go again. Sure, I'm down. Yeah. Hey, let's check out them box office stats.
Hollywood's big comeback continues with uh, No Break did 44 million. There's an interesting trivia about this that it's the first original movie to open that high since Jordan Peele's last one, which was Us, which opened at 71 million. Right. Um, uh, Thor continues to do really well. It made 22 million in its uh, third week. Mm-hmm. And um, Minions keeps on crushing it. Um, it's almost at 300 million. You know, that's one of those movies that it seems they just hang around the top three for months and mm-hmm. just make tons of money. Um, and when I went to see Nope last night, I was like, oh man, Minions is ahead of Nope. So I have to watch Minions. And then I tried to like drag my feet as long as I could to get to the drive in so that I would like get there just <laughs> as Nope started. And I overshot it by like five minutes. Oh shit. But yeah, I was like, I don't have to go to the drive-in right away <laughs> and miss the minions. I'll probably end up in the in the finale, but no, I, I overshot it by like five minutes. What I what I do like seeing, um, and as I look at these numbers, is each film doesn't really have a big drop. I mean, the biggest drop is Thor at 51%, but it's still making 22 million. Mm-hmm. And you go down to number five, Top Gun. And it's fuck. It's ninth week only dropped sixteen percent to bring its total to six hundred and thirty-five million dollars. I'll have to see that movie someday. You should. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's yeah. not. It's not intentional. I just have not gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to see this movie. The entire box office for this year so far has finally surpassed last year's entire box office. So, yeah, encouraging. It has now made as much money as all of last year. Nice. And Which, quietly, the, the black phone has made almost $80 million. Wow. I thought that Jesus. disappeared. That's yeah, good for it that. Only, yeah, it dropped 34% and it was really good because I think it's on Peacock now. So, because um, it's one of those universal pictures that they're only in theaters exclusively for thir- 17 days. Or maybe it's you can buy it, but... Um, but yeah, quietly made seventy-eight million dollars so far. How well do you how well do you remember the opening for Tenet? Uh, what do you think the opening number was? I forgot that movie existed until you brought its name up, Brad. That's mean. Uh, I think <laughs> sorry. 70, I want to say seventy million. Opening weekend. Yeah. It's, see, that's what I thought too. But apparently, and this is wild. According to Box Office Mojo, that weekend was nine million. Really. Domestic opening, yeah. So unless someone forgot to like place a decimal somewhere, it has um, to be that it opened in like only a few. I know it opened in a few because we were still kind of like on lockdown, but I d- I thought it was at least like forty or something. But yeah, nine million, and then the total domestic run was fifty-eight. So yeah, I mean that must be right. It did three sixty-five worldwide, but here I thought it was way more. So yeah, that's crazy. So it opened September 3rd on a Thursday, made 4 million, but it's week to date was plus 550%. Oh, that's the year for the, that is weird, man. Yeah. Cause when they said the biggest, like non like franchise opening, mm-hmm. I was like, well, what? no, no tenant. Right. Cause yeah. Or uh, what was a, well, I guess uh, fast and furious is a franchise, but. Yeah, those are like the two early big ones, but yeah, nine million. That's, that's, like that's so crazy. Low. Yeah. So definitely, yeah. Um, nope. 
Yep. Um, Man, yeah. how far we've come in two years. Fuck, can you believe it's been two years since that started? Yeah. God damn. Yep. And I kept on saying, I said, well, maybe, you know, they'll push uh, Quiet Place 2, but as long as uh, Eternals opens, then we're good. Or Black Widow, I mean. And then that's when I knew we were in trouble when that got postponed to the following year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. By the way, we got a trailer for fucking uh, Oppenheimer in there. Like, did you guys all get that in your yeah. um, thing yeah. attached? Which was a weird thing to throw right there, but no, yeah. no, it's it makes total sense. That's going to be next summer's big blockbuster, a movie about Ooh. the building of the atomic bomb. There's a lot of great actors in it. Oh yeah, I I think like pretty much anybody you like is in this movie, Ryan. I know it's like made for me. Mm-hmm. And Benny Softy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaning more to the Emily Blunt side of things, but you know. Well, I mean, there's a certain Robert Downey um the third <laughs> no junior. Sorry, junior. I'm boy. Yeah, there you go. Chillian hey. Murphy though, getting the lead role. Good for him. This is the big movie news this week. It's real news. I mean, guess it's Comic Con happened. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was some fun stuff coming out of Con, but I'll tell you right now, the Kevin Smith panel blew me back because there was some revelations as to not just how Clerks Three got made, but also what why we can't get another uh, revival of the Clerks cartoon, and it really just boils down to Disney still owns it, which I thought for some reason Miramax still had the rights to that and then it just fell to the wayside after everything went to shit but uh, yeah I guess Disney still owns it so but Kevin owns the rights to Clerks so he can make a Clerks cartoon but he can't make that Clerks cartoon so that was a big old revelation and I guess that Jay and Silent Bob reboot DVDs and Blu-rays sold enough through Lionsgate that Lionsgate was just like if you've got more Jay and Silent Bob stuff lay it on us so that's always fun to hear. Um, but yeah, I guess the Marvel uh, dra- drop of trailers is is the big uh, talk of the town. What do we all think of uh, these looks at the future MCU films, gentlemen? Uh, we'll see um, if they materialize because I feel like a lot of times these are just like to impress investors and then about three or four of their products kind of just more for drop off and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it's, I mean, if you, how they got around it, I don't know if you looked at the actual whole calendar, is they announced a lot of their projects, but the films leading up to uh, the two new Avenger films, they only announced Fantastic Four, and mm-hmm. there's like five placeholders of yeah. these movies coming. There's one or two things happening. Uh, the first one, which I think is actually probably what's going to happen, is in September is D23. And I hope I hope that they're going to announce uh, Spider-Man and um, stuff like that. I, I do know that Spider-Man is technically a Sony product, so maybe not at Disney. Um, but I mean, there's some of them like Blade is coming out really soon. <laughs> um, and yeah, 
and then the 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 guy who directed uh, Shang Chi is doing the first Avengers movie. So good for him. Yeah, what's the Kang Dynasty? What's what's this all about, Ryan? Tell me about Kang. Well, well uh, do you have another four hours? Um, no, I don't. Yeah, well, <laughs> sum it up for me, please. <laughs> uh, Kang is a being that travels through time and fucks with time and multiverses to Wait. get what he wants, which is total domination. Wait, Kang is... was Kang, Kang was in uh, Loki, wasn't he? Yeah, he's. Well, a version of him. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, because multi. He who must remain, I think, is his character's name. He, yeah. he who remains because he killed all the other ones. Yeah, he mm-hmm. who remains. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Um, yeah, but if you look at the Quantum Mania poster, there is a comic book accurate version of him in the background. Um, ah, okay, gotcha. So yeah, uh, obviously they have a lot that have already been shot, um, and they moved the schedule around because i think ant-man and the wasp was supposed to come out this year yeah and they changed that to wakanda forever and um yeah it's it's interesting (laughs) i mean i mean i think the wakanda forever trailer is really good Mm, yeah and uh i mean that they're bringing in uh namor the submariner Mm -hmm. i'm on board with that yeah Um, because there's a chance that they could introduce dr doom um in this because they're really big rivals um i always thought denzel washington would make a really good dr doom where they wouldn't obviously him and reed richards couldn't be rivals but if you change the story that he was like a mentor to reed richards and went off Mm. the deep end because i think someone with a lot of bravado and power and command the screen is what dr doom needs Mm. daniel day lewis (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean he could do it too yeah that's true i think i think denzel's little can be a little more intimidating though personally I, but oh, oh i agree training day malcolm x like the guy can can push an intensity i mean shoot you haven't seen Macbeth yet but watch Macbeth. like he scares the shit out of you yeah i mean i don't know if it's something to do but that'd be like my dream dr doom would be denzel washington um but yeah i we'll see i mean obviously a lot of their stuff is, i mean they already they're obviously done with guardians three as well um, mm-hmm. and you know they laid out that they have this plan and I don't know if the other movies are going to make the other movies more substantial or <laughs> not um, we'll see yeah it's a it's a long way off like there's yeah we're only in the first phase and we're just about to start five so it, like so much can change you know so. Yeah, I I think that's yeah I think you're right, and I think that's why they don't they they didn't announce the other movies that are coming out for it. Yeah, I mean, I just Phase Four alone changed so much. Like Quantum Media was supposed to kick it off, and now it's starting Phase Five now. So yeah, and I mean the Thunderbolts movie makes sense to me because uh, the Julia Marvel Louis Suicide Dreyfus, Squad. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character has been recruiting bad guys, so. My guess is she's going to be in that with uh, Baron Zemo, um, uh, fake Captain America. John Walker, you mean? U.S. agent. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Wyatt (laughs) Russell. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think there's still a little bit to go. I I, I think the movies that they're for sure probably going to make is definitely probably Captain America. Um, And, I mean, they're, they're hedging their bets because... They've the only three characters I've seen 
where they say they will return is Doc Strange, Shang-Chi, and um, Thor. No, the Eternals, so, the Eternals were said to return. Yeah. <laughs> will they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y- y- y'all want a full, complete MCU. I think we should have some Eternals in those Avengers movies by a certain point. I mean, I don't mind. You know, I, as a comic book fan, I've never been the biggest fan of the Jack Kirby kind of cosmic stuff. I love Thor, and his Thor's great, but when he does Eternals and um, things like that, I was... Yeah, yeah I, I I was never really into him. But you seem to be in the majority. I, I guess I'm in the minority of people who enjoy the film. So <laughs> like, I know. But... I think Corinne put it as her number seven last year. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I mean, I it didn't. Make it might fun. be higher. It might actually might be a lot higher. I can't remember yeah. off the top of my head. But yeah. Also, I don't know what a thunderbolts are, but I guess at this point, I'll trust these guys with whatever. The uh, it's a team of super villains. Oh, is one like, of them like the Suicide Squad? Yeah, it's like yeah, basically. It's, well, they're not really hired though by someone to stop. I, they're it's a little different, but yeah, it's basically the Suicide Squad. Um, they just start shit. <laughs> did you see that meme uh, with the like the picture of the celestial sticking out of the Earth and uh, like someone commented, uh, you know, is anyone going to talk about this in the MCU? <laughs> like, there's a giant. <laughs> Uh, celestial sticking yep. out of earth and uh everyone's just going about their days like like that's normal well i i i love the movies but i'm a little confused on the timeline because did eternals happen before all this or is it after now you know yeah, what i mean uh, yeah this whole phase four is very confusing like because there's a lot of the films are really self-contained i mean mm-hmm. spider-man doc strange and thor are all self-contained stories so for this that they're gonna you know expand the multiverse those films really didn't <laughs> yeah because because in, in spider-man's multiverse it was only really affected spider-man because it was his villains that came through right and dr strange it was i'm trying to stop scarlet witch because she's pissed that she didn't get to see her kids and then thor is on his journey to be a better person so i don't know I think I have a theory when it comes to the multiverse with Marvel. I have this feeling that they're trying to not, even though it doesn't seem that way to an outside perspective, it seems like they're trying to not shove it. Like they're not trying to get too complicated too fast because even, even when they go into the other universe where you get Reed Richards and professor X running around, I, I don't, I don't find myself confused. Um, so maybe they're yeah. trying to not get too convoluted too quickly with it. I don't know. Well, I mean, like all the movies too. Are... Like Moon yeah. Knight's on its own thing, and Miss Marvel was on its own thing. Like, like they and it could and it, it does could connect be... to Captain Marvel, but right, maybe, only at the maybe very the, very end. Maybe the maybe the multiverse at this at this current juncture, maybe it's just more or less a storytelling tool to enhance characterization. I don't know if that succeeds all the time, but I don't, I mean, maybe that's just what it's there for, for now. Yeah. I mean, maybe it will play out. I don't know. I mean, I, all uh, so, the stuff's been still really fun, but so far know. it just seems like an excuse for fan service. Like the actual multiverse hasn't been like an actual plot device. It's just been like an excuse to get, you know, Hey, this thing we've always wanted to see here it is. Um, yeah. And it's, a lot of those things either 
are gags or you know they're not really like uh, we thought the multiverse of madness was going to be more involved than it was and it was really just like yeah wanda wants her kids back (laughs) yep okay i guess we're not going to visit all the wealth of universes that exist it's it sucks too my steelbook came like saturday but for some reason i have to sign for it what so it's yeah it's behind the counter at the post office and i've been working so much that i haven't been able to get it (laughs) it's messed up i know i mean i mean guess they're keeping it safe but what changed (laughs) i have do i have no idea i'm like why the hell because is it ticking uh (laughs) (laughs) it, it said it was in transit uh on saturday and i looked and it said it was delivered and then i went to my p.o box and it had one of those slips in there that says hey you have a package that you need to pick up like fuck weird i know fuckers oh well hey i guess corinne sent us something it's probably something stupid just kidding here's corinne Hey nerds, Corinne here for another installment of Showtime, where I recommend something cool I've been watching. This week I'm tackling a movie on HBO Max, the new version of Father of the Bride with Andy Garcia and Gloria Estefan. And I have seen the Steve Martin version, it's been a while, but I vaguely remember it. So when I heard this was coming out, I was like, okay, you know, I like Andy Garcia, that's an okay movie. I wasn't expecting much, I just figured it'd be... You know, kind of cheesy, fun, and honestly, this movie's kind of more of a drama. I mean, yeah, there are some comedy bits, you know, the wedding planners really, you know, there are like two or three scenes where she's like super over the top, and I'm like, you are just so different from the rest of the tone of this movie, but okay. I mean, it's a comedy, so I guess she's like the one solidly comedic character and everyone else is mostly serious. Like, they might have a couple of jokes here and there, but anyway, it's, uh, it's actually, yeah, it's pretty good. It's way better than I would have figured. Uh, it's, uh, it tackles a lot, you know. Um, I don't know how much I want to give away, but there's a lot more going on in this version of Father of the Bride than there is in the Steve Martin version, just from a character standpoint. It's not so much about the father of the bride character, you know, feeling left out or feeling um, insecure or whatever. It's like there's underlying things to that in this version. And honestly, like Andy Garcia is so, so good in it. Oh, man. I kept thinking like, damn, you know, this movie's never going to be odd nominated for an Oscar but it kind of should be because he's really, really good at it. He just gets to choose scenery left and right. Oh, man. So props to Andy Garcia. The whole cast is fantastic. About 30 minutes in, you get to meet, like, mm, you know, like a lot of the side characters by that point, And they just totally win you over. And there are a lot of scenes where the movie is very self-aware of, like, this is a very awkward situation, and we're going to let that awkwardness play out in real time. So, like I said, it's honestly kind of more of a drama sometimes. And it gets into a lot of discussions about culture and 
how, you know, to keep traditions and how to preserve, um, you know, kind of how do you mix cult, you know, one family's from Mexico, one family's from Cuba originally. And so it's like, how do you kind of not mix them together, but how do you come together in a way that works for everybody and everyone's got their expectations and the, you know, the bride and groom are like, uh, we don't necessarily want that. So it's a lot of, you know, egos trying to battle it out and like, no, I want to pay for it. No, I want to organize it. And so, yeah, there are a couple of scenes where it's like, ugh, cringe. But again, I think they want it to be like that because they just need these characters to grow. And by the end, it it works. So, and yeah, the ending I would have tweaked a little bit, but honestly, the setup was really well done and the cast is super charming and just... You just fall in love with all of them, so. Also, it doesn't hurt that the guy who plays the groom is, like, super cute. But, I mean, everybody in the cast look good, so. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. Give it a chance. Uh, Father of the Bride, it's on HBO Max. So, hope you guys have fun, nerds, and I'll talk to you next time with something. My sister recommended an anime called Tokyo Revengers. So that might be the next thing that I talk about during showtime. There are several movies on my Netflix queue that I'm like, that could be a Catching the Classic. So I will get to those at some point. So I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to have for you next time, but I hope it's something really good. So I'll talk to you next time. Until then, I hope all of you nerds have a great time at the movies. Bye! Man, I never thought I'd be able to bust this out again. But here comes that moped and Brad. Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. Okay. I admit I am really dropping the ball in this segment. I am not getting episodes out on time. So once again, I will be talking about this specific week and then inserting it into the episodes that have not come out that are far, far in the past, and you'll just have to hear this uh, information three times in a row now. Um, so, uh, this week, the weekend of the August 13th, um, so far, the 88 Drive-In is showing Bullet Train and Where the Crawdads Sing on their screens. They are now open only Thursday through Sunday. They're closed Monday and Wednesday, so don't go the first three days of the week. And then at the Holiday Twin, on their first screen, they're showing the League of Super Pets and the, and uh, Elvis. And the second screen has Bullet Train and Where the Crawdads Sing. So that's what's going on at the drive-in. And then the film on the rocks, I believe, is down to their last film of the summer, which is Dune. And then the uh, Esquire Late Night this week is Mulholland Drive, August 12th and 13th. And then uh, next week, uh, in case this really goes late for some re- weird reason, uh, they have John Wick, August 19th and 20th. And then, don't forget, in mid-September, uh, The Room is playing, and Tommy Wiseau will be there again. So get your tickets online. They will sell out early, and they are $20 a piece. So they are not a typical late-night ticket. Uh, so definitely get those online to make sure that you can uh, see Tommy Wiseau, because... I doubt very strongly that you'll be able to walk up to the counter and get one the night of. And he will be there, I think, two nights, both Friday and Saturday. Um, And that's what's going on around town. 
next week, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, I did want to, I don't know if everybody has Netflix. I did want the, the Adam Sandler movie hustle is interesting. Um, we can always do Elvis or there's also vengeance. I think is at Alamo. I'd be down um, for vengeance. That seems interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we can, I, I have to, I just hope I can see it. When I looked on it earlier this week, they only had two showings of it at um, each Alamo. So I'm hoping they'll add more. Um, hmm. And it might but, be at other theaters. Yeah. But yeah, Vengeance looks interesting. So we'll do that. All right. Um, and then Film Explosion is in two weeks because I went to watch Prey on the 5th. So <laughs> I pushed it an extra week. Um, and yeah. Send us those lists for Film Explosion 2002. Mm-hmm. It's a good year. Like, I. I actually took some films off my list because I wanted to talk about some really stupid movies. So, yeah, I, I, there's ones that that my sister and I really enjoyed, but I don't enjoy as off, much as he she does. So I can't really do any like family ones this time because there's too much in there. And also, I feel like I'm going to get yelled at again. <laughs> yeah, price you pay, my friend. It's going to um, be on the list. I swear to God, Ryan. <laughs> it um, is. <laughs> whatever. I mean, if you don't like the greatest movie of 2002, then. I love I Lord of the Rings, movie. The Two Towers. What are you talking about? <laughs> I do. I actually think that's the best Lord of the Rings movie. Um, oh, yeah. Spoilers for my list. Uh, <gasps> anyway. No, I'm not supplanting the greatest superhero of all time. Come on now. Um, oh, I gotcha. Green Goblin. Yeah, he is the best superhero. <laughs> he's not a superhero. He's a dastardly villain. But he didn't know what he was. He literally at the end of No Way Home was going like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an act if you've read Spider-Man Blue. He, um, he's something <laughs> of a scientist himself. Brad, good luck on the 48-hour film project because I probably won't talk to you till next week. Definitely, <laughs> yep. And, unless, you, uh, unless you want to be in it, finally, after 13 years. <laughs> uh, when are you filming? Uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah, I work. So uh, The old if you work need... excuse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it makes you feel better, today I worked 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and I have to go back at it in at 3 a.m. So, you know. I do feel great. That does make me feel great. Yeah, Thank you. Good. You know, that's what I want. I want I, everybody to. I love to hear about your struggles. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Whenever you're in pain, that that, that fuels me. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you know, what we do. <laughs> Some dark shit. <laughs> cool. Thanks, boys. Yeah. Talk to yep. you later. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot at a real nerd. Can follow the plot at a real nerd. Look at all the gods. Lights, camera, action. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.